it happens. I'm kind of stressing about it. Yeah. It happens every year where I, I think to myself, this is the year that I'm just going to like be on top of it as it progresses mm-hmm. through the tournament and everything. And it never, it never happens that way. Yeah. 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 I, I'm like a, I'm like a full year behind outside for like the big matches and everything. He's, uh, uh, yeah, he's getting married at the end of the month, well. so his Manus' life is being thrown all around right now. He's like, I just want to watch New Japan. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, it's all it's, good. It's but, a crazy uh, yeah, time I, right now. I, I knew you guys would hit it off, so that's why I got you guys on a, a false start right now. This is Andrew Van with returning guest host Manus Clancy. Yeah, hey, what's up, everybody? Guest host. Yeah. Not just guest anymore. Guest, guest host. host. Yeah, you're, you're getting up in the creds there. And a new contributor, and uh, I'm, I'm going to just go ahead and call it out. He's going to be coming back often. One of my favorite people doing stand-up in Greenville, P.D. Bachman. What's up? It's great to hear your voice again, Andrew. Dude, it's been too long. Uh, P.D. Yeah. does local comedy in Greenville. He also works with After School Special with Sean Marima, a, a mutual friend, and also does the Church Stories podcast. It's a really funny podcast where you just hear just stories from him and Shama just about life growing up and just what happens in the communities behind the scenes. And you hear projects going on. Like uh, you just did a project with a mutual friend, Chris Freeland, the pastor puppet. Oh, yeah. That, ah! that was the hardest I've ever laughed doing a podcast. It was so hard to keep it together during that. <laughs> I just I felt really bad for Chris's voice. Like I'm sure it was strange because Chris <laughs> yep. talks nothing like the pastor puppet. And just to do the then, when we okay, so um, for anybody who doesn't know, uh, we we have like a church satire sketch group, and uh, we we have this puppet. We realized that we couldn't have a person be mean. So if we had a puppet be mean, it's okay. So we had Chris Freeland come in and be the puppet who yelled at me and Shama, who were like his, his assistants. And it was so much fun. Man, this is someone who studied improv over 10 years. So I think he understands the concept of doubling down on the absurdity. So it's like, yes. here's the concept. All right, just double down on it. So Yeah, Chris was... Like, oh, go ahead. I was just going to say, Chris was sharing that video, and I, I, I thought it was so funny. Uh, it, it was really uh, just a cool thing. I mean, half of the podcast is just my co-host laughing. So <laughs> I think it's worth checking out. It's yeah. very contagious. It's hard not to laugh with you guys. Mm-hmm. But today we're going to laugh and we're going to make fun and we're going to talk about WWE and AEW. We like doing these episodes every quarter just to kind of catch folks up and just talk about wrestling because I have loved wrestling for over 20 years. I also have a love-hate relationship with it now in my 30s because mm-hmm. I cannot understand storylines and we'll start with clash of the champions 2020 that just happened this past sunday and um let's just go with the first match uh the inevitable loss of the lucha house party for the 700th millionth time on pay-per-view i don't understand why they keep getting good like really good matches and good bookings but they lose all the time in big spots because Vince doesn't feel, I guess, they can handle the belts. Yeah, well, uh, I mean, it's kind of too bad, you know, because, you know, who else is, you know, Cesaro and Shinsuke going to face on SmackDown right now? You know, there's no New Day. They really don't have very much of a men's tag team division right now, and they could have you know, kept Lucha House Party together and have them be a team in that division. And now it's, it, it, it's not, it looks like they're heading towards a breakup from what I've seen. 
you know, it, it's a little bit baffling. But also, this was the one match on the show I didn't see. I guess it was on the pre-show, probably. I was yeah. just about to say, um, it just now occurred to me that I didn't think to watch the pre-show. Yeah. So I didn't see that. <laughs> well, with, with all the, like, lineup shuffling that was happening in the last minute before the show started, I was thinking maybe there won't even be a match on the pre-show. Like surely mm. anything that was going to happen on the pre-show is now elevated to the main card because they had two matches get, you know, canceled at the last minute. But mm. I guess I, I ultimately missed that match. And I also uh, want to explain my relationship with WWE real quick. It's like the people who go to church on Easter and Christmas, I, I tune in for SummerSlam and WrestleMania. And if something is really good, like mm-hmm. did I hear about <laughs> Like I probably wouldn't have watched this show if Andrew didn't send me a message about watching it. And if I didn't hear about the ladder match, I'm pulling you back in. If I got to watch this garbage PD, you're watching with me. So uh, that's a perfect metaphor because that's exactly how I watch it. I watched like the summer slams. I watched the big ones. This one is is the first time I wanted to watch a full uh, heel Roman Reigns versus uh, Jay. I just want to see how they play that out. That was very interesting to me when I heard that he finally went heel when we had been clamoring for it for how long now? Like, it was yeah. a ridiculously uh, long time. Day one. Yeah. It's almost it's almost so overdue at this point that, you know, I, I don't know. I roll my eyes a little bit about uh, over it, over how long it mm. took and what it, what it finally is. But, I mean, you watched that match, the main event on Sunday, and it was really good, and he was very convincing in that role. And it's pretty exciting, you know, SmackDown and Fox Sports, it feels like they're finally kind of getting their, going to be getting their money's worth out of SmackDown in the near future mm-hmm. because, you know, at the beginning, you know, they, they bought this back in October, November or something. And Brock was on the show for one day and then it was supposed to be Roman's show. And he was in the mid card all the way up until like totally. WrestleMania, which he didn't wrestle on and he's been gone for six months you know, it feels like it's finally going to be the show that they paid like a billion dollars for or whatever uh, in the near future, which is pretty exciting. I think this was the best case scenario to bring out Roman Reigns to have the way it happened because they, they certainly, I don't think we're planning on doing it this way back in WrestleMania. Like, cause remember Goldberg had the belt, right? And it was Brock that took it off him at WrestleMania. Yeah. It was supposed to be uh, uh, Roman versus Goldberg. Right, and then right. Uh, it, it turned into Braun versus Goldberg, and then we got, you know, Braun versus Fiend. Uh, yeah, it was going to be a time. simple like, oh, Goldberg's going to put Roman over. That's got to be the key to everything, right? Nope. So, yeah, that would have been if very. You, if you ahead. told me five years ago that I would rather see Jey Uso versus Roman Reigns instead of Goldberg versus Roman Reigns, I'd be like, what's wrong with you? <laughs> but I was been... much more looking forward to this match. Yes. Absolutely. Uh, and it delivered, really. I mean, which is really saying something. I thought it was a really great match and, you know, told a story in a great way that a lot of WWE matches don't. Yeah, I mean, at first I was mad about the towel thing, but I realized after the fact that I was yelling, don't throw the towel, meant it worked. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> yeah. The towel finish is something that's been, like, coming back into fashion in the last two or three years, and it can be really effective when done right. Uh, yeah, last time that was done like on a big stage was uh, Kenny and Okada, and Cody came out there, acted like he was going to throw it, and then that you know like led into the feud with Kenny and Cody for a while. 
Yes. Yeah. See, man, uh, this is why I'm introducing the Peter. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, there was also uh, on one of AEW's first big shows before MJF's turn on Cody, he threw Mm -hmm. in the towel on Cody. And then even a little bit before that, there was that, uh, it was a random NXT with uh, Mustache Mountain versus uh, Undisputed Era. And uh, Trent Seven was just in the middle of the ring in a knee bar for like an you know an an incredible amount of time until Tyler Bate finally threw in the towel and that was that was another really you know kind of effective use of that uh, little trope. But I thought this match. I mean, I don't. Do you think they're going to have a rematch? Like they're going to continue the feud with the Usos and, and Roman? I don't think they should, but yeah, I think I thought they this was definitely will. Yeah. As close, I mean, I thought it was like as close to perfect as you could get with Jay, Oso, Jay Uso versus Roman Reigns. It's yeah. WWE. Yeah. Their rivals nowadays last too long, right? <laughs> yeah. How long has Rey Mysterio been rivaling with Seth Rollins? I know. It's insane. Oh, Everything that really yeah. should – yeah. <laughs> Everything in WWE that should logically be like a blow-off match just isn't, and it, it, it drags on interminably. But – uh if they were smart, they would let that be the end of it for a good while, probably. Yeah. If they were oh, smart, since, too, they uh, wouldn't have made the best match the next match on the card, which well, I'm going to save that match for last. Let's skip over to the other, just whatever you want to call them, the 24-7 championship, right, which is worse than the mm-hmm. hardcore championship. <laughs> it, is just, it is just a gimmick for R-Truth. It's not even a real championship, right? Like, Why don't we call it the R-Truth disguises. championship? <laughs> R-Truth championship <laughs> is what it should be called, for sure. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I, I love our truth. <laughs> I love our truth too. I, I remember watching old pay per views from like 2010, 2011, where he was like main eventing with The Miz against Cena, but it mm. took one bad uh, <laughs> spot on the mic, and from that point they just kept writing him like an idiot, purposely because mm-hmm. they thought it was just funny, and that's just what he's played for for the past decade now. Mm. So, yeah, it, it's kind of too bad. Uh, that that's all he is. But at the same sense, like I'm very happy for him that like, he's got this role carved out that he can do forever and probably make a lot of money. Like, I don't think the company's ever going to like cut ties with him because they have this thing that they can just produce again and again and again with him. Mm-hmm. And it probably gets old to us, but to like a casual viewer, I think. Does this put our truth in the hall of fame? <laughs> No, unless <laughs> it's a, just a, <laughs> I mean, if little Jimmy inducts him, then I'm all for it. Little <laughs> Jimmy. <laughs> uh, next up, we got the Raw Women's Championship: Oscar versus Zelina. I, I, if if I was a betting man, which I don't bet in wrestling, but like there was just no, I don't think they would have put a belt on on Zelina right now. So hmm. I've never seen Zelina wrestle, and I thought she did a great job. If she's new, mm-hmm. is she newer to the business? Uh, she was wrestling uh, independently before she got to NXT. Okay. It just so happened that, you know, she got put into that manager role instead of an in-ring role, which is probably oh, okay. the right move. She's like, she's so small and uh, is such so good on the mic that it just seemed like a natural fit. But she's been in like the Women's Royal Rumbles. She had a couple matches against like Candice LeRae in NXT that I can remember. And like for, uh, I for like an either underutilized performer in the female division or a 
uh, more like green performer in that division. She is on like the better end. Like I put her above like a like Lana or somebody like that in terms mm-hmm. of entering talent. But or like but, an Alexa Bliss. Yes. Yeah. 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 She's probably around that level of talented when Mm -hmm. it comes to in-ring stuff um i was really excited to see her wrestle uh she's from new york and i'm from new york and i've always been a big fan of her work uh and i i I thought she did a pretty you know solid job and who doesn't love oscar oh my god i love oscar (laughs) i think oscar is like my maybe my favorite wwe wrestler in all honesty she deserves better. Can I just? I know she's got the belt right now, but the gimmick is just so dumb. And now that she's babyface, she's still doing the whole lady bleeding green eyes, monster ooze face. Like it doesn't make any sense. So yeah, unfortunately, I mean, it's hard to give her much better than what she's gotten uh, without you know bigger stars there to help put her over a little more, but. Charlotte and Becky are both gone for quite a while, so that won't happen for a little while. Yeah, I mean, at the very least, at least every Japanese wrestler no longer gets stuck with the I don't speak English gimmick. Yes, thank God. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they like, and they put her on commentary sometimes, and I think she's like, I think she's money, you know, on the microphone, honestly. She's just got that sort of natural charisma uh, to mm-hmm. her. Yeah. So, speaking of uh, earlier, I said that rivalries last too long. Next matchup was the U.S. Championship, Lashley versus Cruz for, like, the 300th time. This yeah, time, I, though, I don't know that. <laughs> <laughs> but this time, though, in a submissions match. Oh, it was, I didn't even realize it was a submission. Oh, it no, was. it was a submission. He, oh. just, he, just, he just submitted him. Okay. Sorry. Okay. Yeah. That would have been an effort, is- though, had they actually put a stipulation, though. Yes. Yeah. This this match was Apollo Cruz does every move, every single move, and then Flips. Lashley wins with two moves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Jeez. It, it, this is just another one of those feuds on Raw that's been going on for way too long. And I, I like I had I had what you were probably thinking, PD, watching this match. Like, if this was the first time I had seen this match, I'd probably think it was like, okay. But yeah, like, that's what I was like. This is decent. I yeah. Mean, if, yeah. Since I haven't been watching Raw and SmackDown, I I quit Raw and SmackDown in 2016 as like a mental health decision. Yeah. I just keep up with like the the highlights and like stuff from Reddit, so I can keep filled in that way. Totally. That's the that's a good move. In all <laughs> honesty, that's what not you, even that's the what you Thunderdome lured you in. No, that actually made me stay farther away. Um, <laughs> Well, the the whole pandemic era WWE, like I tried a little bit of it, but I just couldn't get through it. And then, I mean, even uh, AEW and New Japan were kind of hard for me to watch with no people until they started doing the like fake crowds with AEW. Then I got into that. It was like good enough to trick me into thinking that I was seeing a crowd. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's been a process. I remember watching WrestleMania, which was like the first wwe show with like absolutely zero crowd like no crowd no crowd noise yeah. no nothing and i was just like this is a total bummer yeah, but it was jarring but i'm actually i mean the thunderdome i'm into it because if we're gonna do weird stuff now's the time you know <laughs> yeah it takes <laughs> take some swings you know who cares you know between this uh, i mean some of them have totally sucked like the raw underground thing really is terrible, but some of them are fun, like the money in the bank thing. And like, I appreciate them trying, you know? And then, um, the, my biggest gripe watching the show 
was the camera cuts. As it's ridiculous. If you're not used to seeing that, yeah. it's completely ridiculous. Yeah, it'll give you a headache. Yeah. <laughs> I like I still like Petey's analogy of like us watching wrestling as if we were the folks like me who goes to church on Easter and, and, and Christmas <laughs> Eve. I feel like uh in the equivalent of that, are there people in church who go, ah, he's talking about Jesus again? Gosh. <laughs> yeah. <that> happen? <laughs> they're the people who like, yeah, follow it. <laughs> they they're like, oh, another tithing sermon. Like, come mm-hmm. on, we've been doing this for three weeks in a row. Where's the payoff? Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Communion again. This is the same line. When are they gonna put when are they gonna push St. Paul? I think it's his time. <laughs> like, really? We're singing Reckless Love again. <laughs> <laughs> All right. The next match, again, another a repeat that we've seen slash not PD, uh Super Profits <laughs> yeah. versus Andrade and Angel Garza. But this time. They, they're actually breaking up, I think, right? I think last time we talked about this, man, as you were saying that Garza and um, Andrade are finally kind of splitting to go separate ways. It sure seems that way. Uh, unfortunately, you know, it, it seemed like they were maybe poised to have that happen on the show. But, mm-hmm. uh, you know, Angel Garza suffered that, I think, ankle or knee injury that they had to end the match early on, uh, which is really too bad. Um, but it sure seemed that they were going that way because the Street Profits retained. And during the match, like before the injury, I thought Andrade and Angel were showing like their best chemistry as a tag team that we had seen, mm-hmm. which usually means like usually when you see that story of like these guys have been fighting, but they're finally on the same page and they have a really good match and they're on the same page the whole time throughout the match, but they still lose that's usually when you see the breakup. It sure felt like with how the way that match was structured, that's what we were heading towards. But, you know, who knows what will happen now. I don't know what the severity of that injury was, but if it was bad enough that they had to stop the match, it couldn't have been good. Yeah, I really only have one note on this match and the, the uh, drop kick that Andrade hit. I don't even remember who he hit it on. I just remember he hit a beautiful drop kick in this match. Yeah. Uh, Andrade, I think, is so talented. I'm really excited to see. I mean, if any, if either of you guys remember what he was like on NXT before he yes. had Zelina Vega as a manager, it was bad. It was very bad. But, you know, I think if you keep him as a heel and let him do his own thing, I am very excited to see what he can do. He was in what might be my favorite NXT match of all time with Adam Cole. I mean, not Adam Cole, Gargano. Yes, at uh, TakeOver Philadelphia, right? Mm, that, yeah. is, that is a really incredible match. Next up, we got Bailey, who's supposed to take on Nikki Cross, but that was canceled. And then, quote-unquote, an open challenge match, which went to, no surprise, Asuka. So they're battling again, two pay-per-views in a row. Uh, any surprise or necessity? Why Asuka? Well, um, I would like to say I enjoy this some I enjoy WWE so much better by not keeping up with it because I saw Oscar. I was like, awesome. Oscar versus <laughs> Bailey. Let's go. <laughs> I'm totally yeah. ruining everything for you. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it was a little uh, baffling to see her come out here because this was another like repeat match from the previous month for them. Uh, and, uh, you know, previously having, you know, the raw champion versus the women's champion made sense because, you know, 
the SmackDown Women's Champion also had the tag team titles, which can be defended on any show, so they could jump all over the place. They don't have that anymore. So this match didn't make a lot of sense in my mind, other than probably they were trying to keep the you know size of the roster for the show small due to the like COVID outbreak that they were dealing with that led to Nikki Cross being out of this match in the first place. But that's me giving them the benefit of the doubt. They could have just been like uh oscar again you know and throwing her out there <laughs> yeah i mean this match remind i mean not i mean it's kind of a match it reminded me of what i hate about wwe and that's that this should have been on an episode of tv and not on a pay-per-view like this yes. whole segment yeah i yeah, think I'd what should have happened was okay so so at the end uh uh sasha comes out everyone's supposed to pop for her if they were there and be a big deal. Oh, Sasha Banks is back. Oh, she's in a neck brace. Oh, she's attacking uh, Bailey. That's what she deserves. Why not just have her be the open challenge? Because, like, you know, that would have made sense, right? Like a surprise debut, just toss the belt over. I don't know. Yeah, they're, they're still trying to play up that neck injury from a couple weeks ago, I think, mm-hmm. uh, with, with Bailey. And, and that'll, they'll probably save that for a bigger show uh, down the line. Um, you know, they, they want this to be a long running thing without anybody else really in the women's division who's doing any better than those two are right now. Yeah. How long has Bailey versus Sasha, like this, like teasing this feud been happening? Cause I feel like I've been seeing clips for years now. Yeah. It's uh this is the one like permutation of this feud that hasn't happened where it's face Sasha versus heel Bailey it's always been like, you know, uh, they're two faces, but it's a rivalry or Banks is the heel and Bailey's the face or, you know, they're teaming up despite their differences or whatever, all this different stuff. And ultimately one of them betrays the other in like a Royal Rumble or an elimination okay. cage. And they've had, a, you know, a couple main roster matches maybe, but this is like, they, they really let it breathe for a little while and built up this like heel friendship that they had. And now they're going all in on the the heel turn, turn the heel turning heel that they've done yeah. a few times in the last few years. You this know, is the where, women's version. I think last time Anderson and I were talking, this is the the women's version of what 2001 had with Steve Austin and Triple H, where they were both <laughs> Intercontinental Championship and World Championship and the tag team belts, and they were the power trip, quote unquote. Because there was a yeah. moment during the summer where they each had the belts and they were the tag team championship. And it was kind of like the, ooh, this is the second coming. This is the thing that we got to get a conclusion for that we didn't get before 19 years ago because uh, Triple H got injured by Jericho and didn't come back to the next year at the Royal Rumble. So, uh, but yeah, like, like Amanda said, it's, it's the beginning of this. I, I don't know. I, I would have been fine for the shock and awe value, I think, because we'll talk about it in a second. I was just kind of – I was checked out after the ladder match. But we'll get that I was in a actually, second. I was actually going to compare Sasha and Bailey to – Kevin Owens and Chris Jericho from a few years ago, you know, where they're both bad guys, but they're both easily the most entertaining thing on their show. So people like them Mm -hmm. and they need somebody to turn even worse on their fellow bad guy. You know, it's got a little bit of that flavor to it. I came up with a a good vignette idea for Bailey because she looks like the kind of person now who like the waiters at the restaurant see her and there's like crap, like this is going to be a rough time. So they should have like her go into restaurants and just treat waiters and waitresses horribly. And then just air that for a few weeks. 
I mean, she's already got the Karen haircut. She might as well. Yeah. So, all right. Uh, this next match, the, the, the WWE Championship match, I'm going to be honest. I, I don't like gimmick matches such as the ambulance match in general. And this match was just already bad because I saw it last month in a clean match. Didn't need to see it again. And uh, this was worse, even though despite the fact there was a special cameo with Shawn Michaels out of nowhere and Ric Flair out of nowhere as the driver of the ambulance. <laughs> so, you guys take it away. Well, and Big Show grabbing oh, the leg of show. Randy Orton. Good and Orton. Christian. Yeah, yeah Christian also. So, I was kind of confused since I've been checked out. I was like, is this like the ghosts of Randy Orton's past or all just like coming back like he's Scrooge and that's what this match is? But I don't like gimmick matches like ambulance matches either. So I wasn't really into this. I, uh, I'm going to disagree with you guys here. I actually liked this match. You know, it would have been very easy, easy for this to tip into like, uh, you know, bad booking where the heel is getting beat up by all the good guys and you're still supposed mm-hmm. to hate him, even though he's like <laughs> clearly the odds are stacked against him. But I thought they did a pretty good job, like balancing the interference and sort of telling that story. And I, I, I like the work rate, honestly, like Randy Orton is, has just been so good over the last like six months. I think his work has been really incredible these last few months. And that goes for in-ring stuff. Usually like he's a guy who can really deliver on character work stuff. And then you watch his ring work stuff and maybe it's a little sleepy, but uh, I think his in-ring stuff has been really good. What I didn't like was the, follow up on Monday night. I felt like, you know, I like the ambulance gimmick because how many ambulance matches have we seen in the last few years? Like two, three, maybe over the last five years My or something. My favorite was Roman versus Braun. Yes. Yeah. And has there been one since then? I don't remember. No. I mean, not that it was good at least. I yeah. <laughs> I, 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 I don't think there has been. Uh, and that, and like it gives it a certain sense of, specialness that you don't get anymore from like a hell in a cell match necessarily because when you watch hell in a cell now it's a yearly thing you know it's going to happen once a year and it's going to happen multiple times on the same night you know it doesn't really have that same level of intensity uh but what i didn't like was the follow-up to this match on monday night uh where randy was just back on tv the next night you know i think yeah yeah (laughs) and honestly the bit that he was in was pretty wild if you didn't see it uh he all the legends who had interfered in his ambulance match the night before you know big show christian rick flair and Shawn michaels are sitting around in a room and they're drinking beers and playing poker and randy orton comes in disguised as a janitor and he (laughs) slips on night vision goggles and shuts off the lights and beats them all up with a chair are you I serious? Thought, yes. Yeah, this happened on Monday Night Raw this week. You didn't see oh. the Splinter Cell Randy Orton come out? I did, did not see that. I I've thought been that was out on Monday Night Raw for a long time. I thought that was pretty incredible, other than the fact that he was on TV one night after being put into an ambulance and driven away, you know? Yeah, I mean, that is pretty great. But I think all four of those guys that he beat up, what, Christian, Shawn Michaels, Ric Flair, and Big Show, they should all come out to the Evolution theme song played 50% slower. and i think what this what this whole you know bringing these guys back again is building up to is 
you know, Edge's return because he'll have one more blow off match against Randy Orton, I'm sure. Uh, yeah, probably. And then he goes to AEW. Just kidding. It's probably not going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be pretty wild if it happened. We'll get to yeah. AEW in a second. Uh, last match that I want to cover was technically the first match on the pay per view, which I remember texting man is at seven thirty, saying, "Are you watching this?" And he's like, "Not now." And uh, I had my kid watch me because I was like, I don't remember the last time I saw a ladder match this good, let alone with legend Jeff Hardy with AJ Styles and of all people to impress me, Sami Zayn. Like, Sami held his own in this match. And, Did you not uh, expect this, that? I mean, not <laughs> with the likes of, like, AJ Styles and Jeff Hardy. I thought, like, he was just – like, I knew he was the, the IC Championship at one point in time, but – He's had so many ups and downs injuries. He's he's been you yeah. know the manager gimmick for such a long time. I didn't know what direction they were going with him. Mean, I remember last year when Brock won Money in the Bank that he was the stooge. They got beat up by Brock and hung upside down, right? So I was yeah. like, I don't know when the next time they're going to give Sammy a shot. But this sure is all crap. Looked like it, and he did a probably the best heel match I've seen in a very long time to be so gross and handcuff. Jeff Hardy's earlobe to a ladder. Mm. And the fact that yeah. Jeff Hardy carried the ladder around is still like one of the funniest images in WWE I've ever seen. <laughs> I'm just Jeff, like Jeff, you're you have nothing left to prove. Why are you doing this? I mean, thank you, but yeah. why? <laughs> and AJ like chucking a ladder <laughs> into the I, ring. I laughed so hard when that happened. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, are you showing how strong you are or how light those fake ladders are? I don't know which one. <laughs> Well, if you, they showed it again, and like from the original shot, it just looked like a normal size ladder to me. But then later, it was like half the size of the other ones I saw. Yeah, like but that's still, what I do in hilarious. the WWE Two K games. I didn't realize people did that in real life. That's what threw <laughs> me off. I was like, wait, what did I just do? So. <laughs> yeah, and uh, a couple of my favorite moments, uh, Andrew. You already mentioned Sami Zayn's heel work, but when he won the title after he had, you know handcuffed both of his opponents including AJ to the ladder that he was climbing uh he left the key to the handcuffs right on top of the ladder for AJ to reach up to and then he as AJ was reaching up yes. he flicks it off the ladder and laughs right at his face which was just one of my just such a great little heel moment that could have easily gone unnoticed if the camera work was a little bit worse which it easily could have been yeah know? i mean mo- most creative finish to a ladder match for sure that i've yeah. ever seen it's probably like one of my favorite ladder matches of all time yeah i mean it was and like really sammy's solid. back was just like it looked like mm. you ever seen batman in a movie and batman takes off his clothes in front of like a woman or alfred and he's like <laughs> oh your back it's like yeah that's what sammy looked like sammy was all beaten up and swelled up and it was just crazy to see so. Yeah, I thought it was awesome that he went over because, you know, WWE has a history of not putting over the youngest guy in the match. Yep. Yeah, and it would have been easy for them to not follow up on their promise because, you know, they took the title away from him because he wanted to quarantine as opposed to, you know, wrestle for a while. That's why he was stripped. And, yeah. you know, their their promise was to everybody, if you want to quarantine, you can come back. You You won't, like, lose your push or everything. And they they fulfilled that promise by having him go over on this match, which is pretty, pretty refreshing to see. I was not really expecting that. And yeah, uh, yeah, that, that finish was just excellent. I mean, it's hard to do anything in a gimmick match uh, or specifically a ladder match that is both like new and smart 
Like it's easy to do something that is new and dumb. Like I thought that crawling <laughs> down the ladder spot from Jeff Hardy was like, it, it, I had never seen that before in a ladder match. It, yeah. it was so stupid. Uh, like it was so dangerous and su- such an unnecessary risk. <laughs> the, the tumble he took. It was, I was like, I was holding my, I got my jaw hit the floor so many times during this. And that was one of them. Yeah, it was, it was, you know, thank God he was okay. I mean, he's a, he's a rubber band man. Uh, but it was, it was like pretty gruesome looking fall, but that finish was like both things you want to see. It was new. I hadn't seen it before. And it was like smart. The heel like did heelish things and won the title. Yeah, this match was so good. It made me wonder if I had made a mistake by distancing myself from WWE. And then through the rest of the show, I realized I didn't really make a mistake. <laughs> yeah, this was uh, if you wanted. This was Sammy's when he won the Intercontinental Championship at WrestleMania. I guess it was. That was his first uh, main roster title win just to give you some like context on all that, you know? So he had been up yeah. there for like, I don't know, five years at this point, but this was the first like sort of meaningful thing they've given him. And, like, and, and, and when you keep up with WWE closely, you can kind of notice the patterns that they have in the matches they do. And this yep. one, you could tell like road dog didn't come up with this match. This was just given to these three guys to do whatever they wanted. And they did whatever they wanted. Yeah. Yeah. It was Really excellent. Definitely the best match of the night. We're going to take a quick break before we get into AEW briefly uh, for the next 20 minutes. And then uh, in between that time, I want to say I want to give a quick shout out to our friends at Tadaro's Pizza on North Market Street in downtown Greenville, South Carolina. Try out their pizzas on Wednesday nights, dollar slice night, Monday nights. They do $5 off large. And their Clemson location just opened back up with school being back in session. So everyone, please mask up, take care of yourself, and take care of small business. Tadaro's Pizza. Uh, my favorite is the Bandera pizza. It's a garlic pizza with lots of basil and tomatoes. Ask for extra uh, basil and garlic, and your wife won't kiss you for a week, I promise. All right, so, Tadaro's <laughs> Pizza. Let's talk about AEW. AEW, I have, I, I'm kind of like Petey on this one. I, I don't follow nearly as much as I do uh, WWE and NXT as I should. Me um, but what I do like, and I see I'm the highlights. I'm AEW guy. Was that here? I guess I'm the AEW guy here. Like I've never missed an episode of Dynamite except this week. So I'm behind on that one. That's the only one. Wow, I, I I'm kind of more like I, I watch the big shows and stuff like that. I, I I don't even watch like the weekly WWE stuff for the most part. Uh, but I, I I guess I keep up a little more closely. Uh, but I, I I've always I've been meaning to catch up on AEW for a long time. But I really I just catch up with the big stuff. So mm-hmm. first, uh, first match this past week. Uh, let's see, we got Starks versus Darby Allen. So Darby Allen's uh, full healed, uh, fully healed, and he's back full time. Um, you're you're an Allen fan, ain't you, ain't you Manus? Sure. Yeah, I think he's I think he's pretty good. Uh, it's a little bit scary his ring style sometimes. I think. Oh uh, yeah, being a ragdoll. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think he's gonna. You know, I think he's gonna be paying for that later but you know yeah ricky starks cut a promo against him where he called him the turtles kid you know that is like the kid with the face paint he said i like turtles oh yeah it just (laughs) it has kind of ruined darby for a lot of people because that's all they can see now (laughs) that's what i thought when i saw him really (laughs) i thought he was that kid growing up i was like good for him he's working it is a pretty uncanny resemblance yeah (laughs) 
and then after that, Team Taz. Uh, remember the machine, Brian Cage, comes out to the ring. Um, and Will Hobbs sprints out to intercept him. And it's a, it's a, it's a brawl, right? As Jim Ross puts it, there's two big bulls are hammering each other. <laughs> Will uh, Hobbs, um, I don't, we don't know much about him because he's like just come off like fresh off the indies and he's only had a couple TV matches, but he looks amazing. Yeah, he's a guy that I'm interested in seeing more from in the future, and I'm sure we will. Yeah, and Brian Cage is a machine that is powered by steroids. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, next up, and after that, Cody makes his second return to AEW for the second week in a row. New dyed hair, new slick look. Uh, anyone? Oh, you know what? I did watch his promo uh, where he accepted the like do- dog collar match with Brody yeah. Lee. Um, and I, I thought it, you know, Cody is obviously a really good promo, uh, his work. And especially since AEW has started up, like he's really like hit that next level as a promo guy. Uh, I don't, I don't know. I don't know what more there is to be gained from a dog collar match that we didn't get from that, like squash match for the, uh, the TNT championship. But I mean, I believe... and I'm also not a fan of that. I've never seen one of those that I enjoyed just because they can't like do anything. They're tied to each other. Yeah, that is, it's a tough spot to be in. And uh, I don't know. It's a little bit, it's a little bit self-indulgent. Like Cody likes to bring back all these really old school things. Cody um, is the most, the, the most self-indulgent wrestler, but I love him. <laughs> yeah. But he, yeah, for he, sure. he'll, he'll have like a throne built for him in this like one minute unnecessary intro to his song and then like fireworks mm-hmm. and he'll come out with his dog and scare the crap out of the dog because there's like 10,000 people yelling in the stadium. But yeah. Then, <laughs> and he has an entourage. But I, you know, I do feel like his work, you know, you know, all that being true, I, I, some of his work has really delivered since uh, Dynamite. So, I'll, yeah. I'll tune in. For, I'll tune in for that match. I like. I like what Brody Lee has done a lot too since he. AEW is perfect for Cody. New Japan wasn't the best fit, no. unless he was going to be like in the mid card. That's the only place that people would accept him there, just because yes. like your in ring work has to be like top of the top to be accepted in New Japan. Mm-hmm. And he's not quite there. Yeah, it, it's and it's not to say that he can't have a great match because. We, we've seen him have a great match, but he just can't do it in the same way that the New Japan guys, like their athleticism is really just on kind of another level from most mm-hmm. American wrestling. Yeah, what Cody's really good at is like tugging at people with heartstrings. Yes. Oh, he's always been good at that. Mm-hmm. Next up, we got Frankie Kazarian, Scorpio Sky versus the AEW World Tag Team Champions, the FTR. FTRs and yeah, uh, they they came out swinging like as soon as they hit the uh, cards. So yeah, I was about to say you're gonna have to like fill me in on results because I'm behind on the show. Well, but, I won't spoil um, it for you, but there was no there was no change in match there. But if, if yeah, you it's haven't called seen the it, brush then, with greatness. What's that? They're they're calling it the 20 minute brush with greatness. I think it's like the gimmick that FTR is going to be going with, where they like challenge oh. tag teams to 20 minute matches. I kind of like that. I think that's yeah. kind of I think that's kind of a good move. Uh, Scorpio's been having a really great run. Most of it was on AEW Dark, but uh, he got that title match a few yeah. weeks back, I think. And 
you know, he's, he's a guy who's really elevated his stock, whether that was something they really intended for him or not. One awesome thing about AEW is I feel like most every wrestler is over. Yeah, for sure. No matter their spot on the card, kind of like the attitude era. It's like whoever came out is getting a pop. Yeah. Yeah. It's great. I, I have, I finally got YouTube TV recently, which means I've been able to like start recording episodes and so good catching them live from time to time. And that's been, that's been pretty huge because I'd kind of been considering like maybe getting like, I think Bleacher Report live that app has all the old AW stuff yeah. or at least the last year of AW stuff. It's hard to call it anything they've done old yet, but. And not uh, that I condone this kind of criminal behavior or anything, but if you type in watch wrestling and then whatever you want to watch after that, watch wrestling one word and then whatever else you want to watch after that, you could find stuff. Okay. On the, on the, <laughs> all right. Good to know. We, we're saying it's available. We're not condoning it though. Folks hey, I, out there. I pay for so much wrestling. I <laughs> <laughs> um, I I thank you for that. I I owe you a couple of beers for letting me bum off your WWE account. So. Oh yeah, that's right. You haven't taken me up on my offer to use my New Japan World subscription yet. I, I you know too. <laughs> that, that that's on me. You're right. I do need to do that. Oh, and uh, shout out to Kyle Nolan because I bum his WWE network. Oh he oh nice nice. <laughs> Oh, you know what? You owe me a story about Kyle, by the way. Oh, I forgot to mention that. Yeah. So I am connected to episode, like, what, four? I don't remember what number. I think it's four when you did the WrestleMania 35 recap. Yeah, and, like, I was at Hartman, party. Hartman is just, like, rolling. He's like, why am I talking about mm-hmm. this with you guys? Yeah, I was there at that party sharing a vape pen with Hartman. It's that we were watching wrestling with him. Nice. It was a great time. <laughs> um. I also want to bring up the story you brought up in Church Stories with Shamo, that same episode with Kyle. You were at a live WD event, and you were a lucky recipient, catcher, whatever have you, of a pancake, if I'm not mistaken. Yes. Dude, I have... That's the only time I'm going to feel like an like a, I'm an MLB outfielder, because <laughs> I saw that coming, and I just like tracked it down and managed it like in a sea of hands. Like I was the one who got it. I just felt like I had won the Super Bowl. And then, and then everybody around me is like, can I have a piece? And I'm like, I'm like, yeah, sure. So I'm passing out tiny pieces to everyone around me. And then we all eat it at the same time. Like it was communion. <laughs> that's amazing. Yeah. That's a religious but, experience. But that was pre COVID yeah. obviously like now you can't yeah. do that. <laughs> like, and the same thing cringe. happened to Kyle. He caught a pancake too. What? You guys are pancake brothers. Yeah. He bought, he caught one at a different show though. So, Oh, nice. Not the same batch. Mm. (laughs) Um, The rise of Orange Cassidy versus the Dark Order here. That feud's still going on. MJF, uh, is he with Chris Jericho? Is that the storyline? I don't really know where that's at, Mm. actually, right now. Yeah, after his failed presidential campaign. Right. right. Yeah, what's next for him? (laughs) When's the next AEW pay-per-view? That is, what is it, Full Gear, I think. It's in November. They're doing an anniversary show. And oh, yeah. They're going to Moxley th- versus Archer. Is that the Jericho's mm-hmm. anniversary? No, it's, I think, is, is it the anniversary of Dynamite? 
Yeah, I think like maybe the week before Halloween or something was when it debuted or two weeks before or something. That mm-hmm. was their one year. I th- or that's when the show first aired or something and that, that one that anniversary is coming up. So, you know, they they don't do monthly pay-per-views like WWE, so they have to do more bigger TV shows here and there and that to, you know, bring And I enjoy there. that a lot more. I mean, that's one thing that's really cool about Dynamite is that you get pay-per-view quality matches on a regular basis almost every week. Yeah, it's a it's a better model for the wrestling fan for sure. And then occasionally they'll have like a stacked show where it feels like a pay-per-view that you're getting for free. Right. Then I think they did like bash at the beach was, it wasn't a pay-per-view, but it was like a two week big show sort of thing. Oh, they were the, doing. The live from the Jericho cruise. Oh, that was, that was yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> God, what a cool thing. Well, Speaking of which, too, WWE, I want to end it on this note, has failed me this year as a wrestling fan. So if it wasn't for the pay-per-views that lure me in once in a while, it is certainly the video games normally that lure me in, and I want to play with the characters, and I want to play and kind of be like, oh, man, I want to create this match as usual or make my own championship belt and so on. This year, 2K has decided F you and not give us anything good because last year's WWE 2K20 was – abysmal and glitchy as all could ever hope for Hmm. that they made this year world of tanks SummerSlam, a game where you are cartoonized (laughs) versions of the WWE wrestlers inside tanks blowing each other up and if that wasn't bad enough to slap you in the face they made wwe 2k battlegrounds which is ign has given it a five out of ten it is a really bad Hmm. poorly designed game that's miniaturized highly cartoonized but not control scheme fun and very annoying. So have either yeah. of you tried this out? No, I don't want to waste money in any capacity <laughs> to play either one of those games. I don't think I've played a WWE game since like 2009, probably. That was the best uh, one. Yeah. I mean, honestly, when it was still SmackDown versus yeah. raw, versus I played all, that's how I thing. got into pro wrestling. I, asked my dad if I could have uh, SmackDown versus Raw 06 in a GameStop. And he's like, yeah, you just have to promise me you won't keep watching this stuff after you <laughs> play the game. And here we are now. Yeah. So. I, honestly, I had a very similar experience. I probably started watching <laughs> around that time and probably played SmackDown versus Raw like 07 or something. The one that I really remember was the one that had ECW on it with like the Extreme Rules matches and everything. Oh, yeah. And yeah. Yeah. Uh, but I, um, I have not played since they went to 2K. And I think it's good that they're taking a year off from their main title games because I think, you know, I even watch, you know, gaming stuff from non-wrestling affiliated sources and they agreed, like, this is the wor- This is one of the worst games of 2020. It's so bad. Yeah. Uh, but I, I didn't expect to talk about this on here, but I'm having an amazing time in what I'm calling my mushroom trip universe mode on 2, 2K19. <laughs> so um, I, like the, the heavyweight title right now is Darth Maul. I went in the community creations and I just downloaded every like ridiculous character I could find. I'm doing this awesome uh, DNC, like Bernie versus Hillary and Biden uh, storyline too in there. Uh, Gandalf. <laughs> And a Joe Rogan and Bigfoot are my tag champions. It's just a great time. Nice. That does sound awesome. <laughs> that sounds really fun. See, that that is I I've <laughs> thought about getting into the games for a couple of years for stuff like that 
but I haven't pulled just the trigger. Universe. Like I don't do anything except for universe mode where yeah. I have in my notes app, I'm Paul Heyman, you know, booking everything out. <laughs> yeah. You both have seemed pretty removed like myself and I'm sure other people like COVID wrestling doesn't help by any means, but also just the, the storylines have been kind of lazy as we've been saying here. What <laughs> would it take aside from life being normal Right, like I think this month was the rescheduled WWE show that was supposed to be originally SmackDown back in May, which I had perfect seats on like section 104. I was going to be like right there in the little TV because I had planned that for me and my kid, and then all this happened. But I got a refund because obviously they're doing everything in the Florida and Amway uh, Thunderdome and all that. But aside from life being normal, what would take it for you guys to get back on the norm and be like, all right, I'm going to tune in, watch some other pay per views? And this is like good. Like I'm back in, like I'm, I'm keeping up with it like closely. Yeah. Okay. Vince would have to step down. Probably. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it definitely feels that way sometimes. Like I don't think I'll ever actually be excited for a three hour edition of raw until it's completely different than it is now. It doesn't need to be three hours. Let's just say that. No, dude. I mean, dynamite, like I think two hours a week is the perfect amount of content for pro wrestling. Yeah. I think that's what AEW's proved. But WWE has like way too much money dumped into all these different shows. I remember like when I got back into wrestling in twenty sixteen, I tried to like totally dive back in. And then I found out that if you really want to keep up with WWE, it's a part time job. Yeah. Yeah. It turns into you know it's you know five to ten hours a week you yeah know, but, and that's and that's on like a non-pay-per-view week and no know? one's paying me for all this time <laughs> yeah you're paying them yeah uh i think as far as investment goes i mean i think if they can just get a couple like a couple more decent storylines or at least the you know increase the rate at which they turn over some of these feuds you know mm-hmm. Because they have Increase. the most talented roster in the history of wrestling. Yeah, I think they. I think that would pull me in a little bit because honestly, I love Drew as champion. Um, I love you know I, I I tune in for him. I I went back and watched. You know, I've watched most of his matches from his reign, and I've really enjoyed that. Um, there's a couple other good things on there, but it just like they want to drive you away. You know, yeah, they, yeah. they don't want I you mean, watching long term. You know, it's not a show that rewards <laughs> like anyone who's trying to understand the context of what's going on. Yes, or, that's when I that's when I stepped away when I realized that like I cared about the show more than the people writing it. Yes, yeah, they don't really they don't really give a shit if you've been watching for you know, 10 years in a row, or if this is your first time, in fact, they want to only attract the people who are there just watching, you know, they're just flicking through and they're just trying to yeah. see something, you know, I can somebody who's like, I like remember like Goldberg. <laughs> yeah. What's that? Oh, can you say that again? I can attest, Manus doesn't enjoy the WWE abuse. One time we were in the same improv <laughs> team we were practicing and we were supposed to do like a bit rant, like, like, man, it's, rant about something that you feel passionate about. And, you know, it's just like <laughs> nothing serious, but like Manus went on like this two minute rant about how WWE like wastes talent and they just acquired like all these people from like Japan or other places. And he was like, and I just get frustrated. I was like, that sounds like a bit, but I know it's kind of not a bit knowing you. Like I know yeah. these are actual deep thoughts in you. So I appreciate it. So yeah. um, the one thing for me I would say is that if they're going to write stories, 
stop writing stories with families because I don't, no one believes it, right? For one, yeah. and two, it's really dumb of like people to bring family drama into a wrestling ring. Like, why is Rey yeah. Mysterio dragging his daughter and, and, and son and his wife into the arena? Every like, you know what you do as a good family? Leave them home. <laughs> like, ha, ha, that's I what mean, Rey should have learned by now, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's what a normal person does is stay home. Um, the whole Lana Lashley thing. Like when I took my kid to see live raw last year, I had to explain to him how just <laughs> dumb this storyline was. Cause it was the, it was the, oh, it was the divorce signing is the episode that we were attending. And I was just like, this it's, it's, it's written, but it's, it's fake. It's just don't pay attention. Okay. So, yeah. yeah. That's the thing I love about new Japan is that all the stories like New Japan is wrestling minus all the goofiness. I mean, they have like a couple of comedy acts, but all the stories are told in the ring. And then if the main event winner, like the main event winner gets a mic, that's the only person who gets a mic throughout the show. And then guys get to do backstage press conferences. And that's how all the stories advance. Yeah. Yeah. It's excellent. Uh, I don't know if you guys follow uh, Chris Hero, uh, Cassius Ono on Twitter. Uh but he he's like just like a, a font of wrestling knowledge, and I, I really recommend him as a follow because he'll be you know just constantly sending out tweets about like really old stuff. He's like, oh, I I was just watching this old match, and it got me down a rabbit hole of this guy, and then I follow him down that same rabbit hole, and it's very all very interesting. But yeah, he has I didn't one... get enough sleep last night because I was went down the WWE Network rabbit hole. But keep going. <laughs> yeah, uh, he he'll do like you know question and answers sometimes, and. I think he was asked by somebody to just compare, you know, styles between American wrestling and Lucha Libre and Japanese wrestling. And he, he, he summed it up in a, what I thought was so perfectly, which was like American wrestling is like a morality play, right? It's like, you know, mm-hmm. human drama and soap opera and all that. And then Lucha Libre is like, uh, you know, um, entertainment with pageantry and tradition and then Japanese wrestling is uh, struggle or uh, struggle through sport or, or, or something like that. I, I, maybe it's like sport through struggle or something like that. Mm-hmm. I might have reversed the nat, the sentence there, but yeah. uh, if you guys don't follow him on Twitter, you should, because I think he's one of the better like deep cut wrestling resources out there right now. In addition to just yeah. you know, still being really good on NXT here and there. The way I explained like the difference between Japanese and American stories to somebody and it's like in America the story is hey you slept with my wife we're gonna have a match now and in Japan it's like hey I've tried to win the title twice I'm gonna come with a different strategy this time for our next match <laughs> it's like yeah it's all based in like <laughs> it's like it's like football storylines honestly it's like the old veteran like trying to get the best of like the younger it's like all like it makes sense in the context of uh, the, the sport that they're it trying to present. It makes sense because it sounds like something you would do in an actual fight. Like, <laughs> yeah. like, like when you had the rematch, like, okay, well, I'm, I was southpaw. Now I'm going to change it up this time. <laughs> right? More defense. Like, whatever it is. Like, anyway, maybe that explains why we love and we hate American wrestling so much. <laughs> I'm sure we're going to do another episode down the road because WWE is still in quarantine wrestling mode and they're still giving us garbage storylines but <laughs> i do have hope as my voice is cracking i do have hope with the heel roman thing i'm a little allured by that i'm a little a fan of that so i'll end it on that note that we have uh some hope with heel roman finally 
But uh, I want to go and end it on and thank P.D. Bachman and Manus Clancy for being on this episode of False Start Wrestling Edition again. Uh, it's always good to talk to you guys. I'm glad to introduce you too. So you guys ha- have more mutual New Japan people to talk yeah. to because it was so funny. It's just these folks had never met guys. You just you just <laughs> you just witness two people naturally just jump into a New Japan conversation who have never met. But this has been Andrew Van with False Start. Let's do another podcast produced by our network, uh, One Star Reviews, with myself, Larry Simonson, Caleb, and sometimes my kids. We also have the Alchemy Comedy Podcast. We started since our, our theater is now in, in dark for, until 2021. Man's is part of that group. And catch Petey Bachman between anywhere with uh, After School Special with Shama and also his uh, podcast, uh, Church Stories, as well. So Man, I thought that. I was doing a lot of podcasts. You have like four podcasts. What are you doing, I got, Andrew? I got three because I'm really <laughs> bored and it's the only way I can get sanity away from the kids. So yeah. <laughs>